Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Beast. Welcome back to the channel. Today, I hired 20 trained assassins to wait outside the location of each member of the So You Think You Can Fan In podcast while they read 7th SCP-7000 contest entries. The moment any of them says a slur or mentions Ram Ranch, they will immediately be killed. Whoever lasts until the end of the recording gets $1 million and to keep their life. Who will survive? Make sure to hit that funny subscribe button and click that silly little bell. Oh man, this should be easy. I'm so ready for this. Oh, I'm yeah, going this to say go the N-word. No! 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 Gunshots. Mr. Beast, please, my family hasn't eaten in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> please. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome, yeah, back, to welcome podcast. back to the podcast. Welcome back to Insanity. Uh, I don't know if you guys like, actually have like uh, anything about your intros that is like supposed to be the same no, every time. We don't, we don't have we don't. a set intro. We at this the point we're just like, yeah, this is funny. Let's just keep the doing. The only it. consistent thing about our intros is that there is nothing consistent about the intros. Yeah, brilliant. They're consistently Anyways, inconsistent. So, so welcome back to the SCP Authors Anomalous Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Saxum. Um, oh my god, I'm recording another episode of this. <laughs> it's been like so many months. No, I'm recording another episode of this. You're um, my guest. Can I use it? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Technically, it's in the public domain, so I can upload it without an issue. Yeah. Can't wait to profit fine. off of this. We won't. Uh, I will. We won't sue you. We won't. I will well, sue. Michael might sue you, I, but I, I won't. won't. You'll lose. Because if, if he sues you, he's suing me. Because I well, look. It's on the record I right am now. John it's on Jackson. the record right now. If you say that he can, then I can't sue him. I think, guys, um, we owe Sean a little bit of given, an apology. He's given permission. What? Mm -hmm. I'm not apologizing. What did it, what, what are, are we, we apologizing doing? for? <laughs> I'm not apologizing. What are we apologizing for? For, for, for implying, for, for for throwing his his picture off the wall in the last episode because it needs to go back up. Because he now has the most appearances on our podcast at four. <gasps> I do. That's, true. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Screw How you, Nikki. Nikki's gonna have amazing. to bring up the rear if she wants to win. Ah, eh, never, will never happen. I feel just wow. uh, a crazy sickness in my stomach. Actually, it's great. I'm uh, also yeah. feeling a little. You're becoming yeah. a controversial figure because you you've associated with us the most. Oh no, I'm gonna get canceled. Damn. Damn. I'm all those sexist comments though. are finally gonna catch up with me, huh? Yeah. I am feeling a little lucky though. Uh cancellations on twitter.com aside, could it be, gentlemen, that we're reading SCP seven thousand entries? Wow, that yeah. was funny. All right, Jesus. We are. I mean, perhaps. I cannot confirm or deny this. <clears throat> well, I can confirm that the next words out of my mouth are going to be SCP-7000, Mangaka in the High Castle, Melancholy of the Rising Sun. That's, that's a lot of words. That's a... Oh, oh, they can have this symbol for the SCP Foundation, but we can't have ours. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Let me pull this up. For sovereign eyes only. So it's like a fiery lantern with stars. And <laughs> is that. Torches? What flag is that? I don't. I don't Phil, know I'm assuming is. the Philippines, judging from the classified top seeker by the Philippine branch of the foundation, I'm going to assume Damn. it's the Philippines. Provision that of the smile. 
to other branches of the foundation, as well as groups not closely affiliated with the Philippine branch, is a Class 5 national security violation and is thus punishable by demotion to D-Class under charges of treason. Are we... Are we... Are we breaking any laws? Are we, like... Is this a war crime? I don't care. Unfortunately, for mother. Illustration by Philippine branch agent Hoshimi Kitsukumi. The art style is reminiscent of an extinct form of Japanese literature. Uh-oh. Let's oh, no. Image here. So it shows a pretty manga-esque anime drawing of people on the right. There's like a dinosaur and a robot. On the left, there's a jet and a blimp in the open sky with a couple of parachuters. Is that what, is that what those blobs are? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's also a dragon or a bird so you, of some kind. Uh, those so are think... parachuters. And there's also a helicopter. <laughs> Welcome to So You Think You Can Draw Manga. I'm your host, Jake. Oh, the image itself can be viewed. You can view the image by itself. And uh, that tells a little bit more. Right-click on the image in your tab. So there's parachuters. There's a monster on top of a building. There's flags being carried on the streets. And I think that's a helicopter on the left. An Apache attack helicopter on the left. That's pretty based. That's so ponderous. Uh, Animebanner.png. Like yeah, animebanner.png based. <clears throat> Special containment this is a lot about society. As SCP-7000 comprises East Asia and operates as a dominant branch of the Foundation, it is currently uncontainable by the standards of the Philippine branch. If SCP-7000 is brought to light in international Foundation discourse, its influence among Foundation branches poses significant risks of internal dissent and breakdowns within the Foundation itself. In an attempt to weaken SCP-7000, the Philippine branch has initiated Operation Filibusterismo. It aims to destabilize SCP-7000 through mythological anomalies, propaganda warfare, and weaponization of forms of entertainment banned in SCP-7000, such as anime and manga. The first key component of this operation is the cooperation of surviving Korean and Chinese mythological and thaumaturgic entities, which have been steadily growing in numbers since the 1960 and 1970 purges. Operation Filibusterismo may utilize these recruited entities as spies, tools, or bait. The second key component is the Propaganda Division, composed of Philippine branch agents, either homegrown or recruited from within SCP-7000. Many of these agents are East Asian and anomalous by nature. The Propaganda Division is also in charge of documenting the contacted mythological entities and turning their narratives and histories into propaganda illustrations and comics. The Propaganda Division's main themes are nostalgia, nationalist secrets, and opportunities in diversity and freedom, intended to target the disillusioned residents of SCP-7000. The third key component is the Comic Convention Plan. Please not the CCP, please not the CCP, please not the CCP. This convention would feature the works of Operation Filibusterismo and mass propaganda attacks during the November festivities of SAP-7000. The Philippine government is currently sending agents, personnel, and material in secret to SCP-7000 territory via cover companies and cooperative buffer countries. Fake locations of the comic convention are being leaked to SCP-7000. The Philippines is to feign the continuation of its alliance and deference to the anomaly, contributing funds and personnel. 
on the other hand, it has been clandestinely funding propaganda and disinformation campaigns throughout SCP-7000. Collected Chinese and Korean artifacts are to be planted by Philippine agents throughout SCP-7000 in the guise of being hidden by cultural revivalists and rebels. To gain the trust of the Japanese branch, the Philippines will provide intel on these materials. Operation Filibusterismo has heavy provisions on research involving time travel or reality manipulation to correct SCP-7000. The operation heads cite the possibility of undoing the progress of the Philippines, which has prospered into a highly advanced and industrialized regional power in Asia. That's some interesting containment procedures. Lots of East Asian stuff. Am I going to get canceled if I say the O word? I really want to just to test it. What well, is the O I mean, word? If, if it counts as if it counts as a slur, then you're going to die. Yeah, we're. I will kill you with my train yeah, assassins. Jesus. So I'll come Bye, back Mr. anyways, Beast. and I can finish the recording. I don't really care about the money. You have to wait three days. It's cool. Oh, I see Sergio has already dropped yeah. it there, so I'm I'm not sure. I mean, the funny thing is, it's. It's not a slur in most of the English-speaking world. It's just in America. Anywhere else, it's just a word. But you know what? I'll 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 uh, I'll avoid saying. Uh, there you go. Description. Oh, the, oh, the Good word. Yeah, the, yeah, the word. The yeah, Mr. Word. Beast will kill you. Right. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Beast will probably yep. kill me. Mr. Beast. Hey, Mr. Beast will kill you. Mr. He's Beast. he's uh, he's American and not European. Yeah. SCP-7000 refers to the Japanese Empire, particularly its modern-day existence stemming from its victory as an allied power in World War II. Ooh. Multiple parahistorical and multiversal analyses commissioned secretly by the Philippine, Philippine branch indicate that SCP-7000 should have been a principal member of the Axis powers. In approximately 99.2% of all studied alternate timelines, Japan would surrender to the United States of America during the final stages of the war, resulting in the dismantlement of its Korean, Chinese, and Pacific Imperial territories. In baseline reality, however, China served as the East Asian Axis power. In all universes, including baseline, Germany has a crucial hand in engineering China's rapid industrialization, such as the Nanchang and Quezhou railway projects and the three-year plan. Furthermore, Germany advanced Chinese military modernization via reconstruction of arsenals, establishment <sighs> of mustard gas and chemical plants, and joint production of military hardware. A significant divergence occurs in 1933 to 1937, often called the divine wind in modern-day Japanese circles. Influenced by significant German business interests, German leadership under Adolf Hitler deemed China as an economically viable and military-capable ally. China also refused to sign the Sino-Soviet non-aggression pact, instead choosing to focus on less binding ceasefires. These factors led to the successful initiation of China as one of the Axis powers in World War II. China's fragmented leadership at the time, however, and internal issues led to less than ideal use of its military and economic capacity. SCP-7000 took advantage of this development by joining the Allied Powers. This decision allowed it easy access to Western technology, as well as oil and agricultural products from Allied Asian countries such as the Philippines, Indonesia, and French Indochina with a massive material advantage as well as the maintenance of a good reputation japan was able to utterly cripple china as early as 1943 
At the end of the war in 1944, SCP-7000 kept its current holdings and a significant amount of Chinese territory. It remained neutral and isolationist during the Cold War, focusing on control of its territory. To illustrate, it negotiated control of formerly Chinese regions, such as Inner Mongolia and Xinhai, with the Soviet Union. Meanwhile, countries such as the Philippines remained virtually untouched, accruing wartime profits. However, it later faced multiple internal issues, with reduction of efficiency in its ethnic cleansing and educational propaganda methods, as well as significant downturns in its economy. Furthermore, it has remained culturally conservative and traditionalist, often implementing significant restrictions or even bans on Western entertainment, such as comics, animation, and video games. <coughs> 7000 was only oh deemed anomalous upon the creation of sufficiently sophisticated Philippine para-historical tools and technology in 2000. Under the purview of the Philippine government, SCP-7000 is key to the mobilization of resources and technology of the Philippine branch. A weakened SCP-7000, and by extension, a more fractured Japanese branch, is significantly beneficial to the Philippine government and its foundation branch. The Japanese branch is one of the dominant parts of the foundation, albeit with significantly decreasing and ossifying efficiency due to its internal issues and general conservatism. Therefore, SCP-7000 is highly detrimental to the performance of the foundation in Asia. Furthermore, there is mounting evidence that SCP-7000 is beginning to puppeteer neighboring branches through methods such as debt traps, aggressive negotiations, and bribery, blackmail, and other actions of regional officials. These actions threaten the checks and balances within the Foundation. The Philippine branch has rationalized that SCP-7000's geopolitical serendipity is anomalous, and with the absence of sufficient reality manipulation tools to properly contain the anomaly, it has opted to wage war via Operation Filibusterismo. Well, that's a really interesting uh, alternate history, although I, I would say this is less of an SCP article and more of just alternate history fan fiction, but this is cool. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging what this. I what I thought of while you were reading this. Um, no. I think you were the only person in this call to understand. Um, is this a one piece reference? No, no, <laughs> it's not. God, you just assume I'm going to make a one piece reference. So in one piece, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I like to imagine that the guy who is president in Metal Gear Solid Three. Instead of Lyndon B. Johnson is the president in this universe. <clears throat> I love that. That would be great. The guy with just like the weird like like southern accent that's like doesn't sound anything like any president. Yeah, doesn't sound like yeah. anything of any president we've ever had. Like they, <clears throat> they've still mentioned Khrushchev, but not the president. Yeah. All right, let's keep cracking through this so we can do our due diligence mangaka in the high castle logs to illustrate the inner workings and typical missions of operation filibusterismo the logs and commentaries of two members of operation filibusterismo collectively known as mangaka in the high castle or simply high castle are provided below brief profiles of these members are also attached mangaka in the high castle profile 
The High Castle pairs, composed of anomalous humanoid entities of East Asian descent, Minoru Umino has the appearance of a young adult male, accompanied by an incomplete levitating orb that enables its temporary and energy-intensive conversion to a draconic entity reminiscent of traditional Asian water dragons. Hoshimi Kitsukumi is a young adult female with vulpine features, such as a secondary set of highly mobile ears and a tail. Both entities oh can cat girl cannon creatures. The pair is currently on field duty, <clears throat> owing to their anomalous capabilities. Dragon boy, cat girl, dragon boy, cat let's girl. Go, let's do, go, do either let's of go. you know what Vulpine means? <laughs> she's a kitsune. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, she's a kitsune. Yeah, no, I was just making. Oh my god, out. Ari yeah. from League of Legends. Yeah, it's Ari from League of Legends. Oh my god, Minoru yes. Umino. An agent recruited from the Umino Water Dragon Clan, which sought refuge and later citizenship within Philippine territory after World War II. As a graduate of Philippine cultural weaponization programs, he has been active on the field for five years, specializing in espionage, reconnaissance, and sabotage. Anomaly strength analysis indicates, classifies Umino. That's a typo. As a level O2 entity in his humanoid form and a level O4 in his draconic form. Furthermore, Umino is adept at ontokinetically manipulating streams of water from sources such as the ground, sea, and rivers. This capability is consistent with mythological descriptions of Korean water dragons. In his draconic form, whose length can range from 1 to 5 meters depending on its available energy, Umino can cruise at flight speeds of 100 kilometers per hour and is capable of carrying packages and up to 9 personnel. Hoshimi Kitsukumi a defector from SCP-7000 following her disillusionment with her family and society. She is the fifth daughter of the highly affluent Kitsukumi Zabatsu, a company specializing in surveillance and security products. The Kitsukumi family formerly was a minor and unknown family of Gumiho, Korean vulpine entities in mythology, which collaborated with Japan to subjugate and ethnically cleanse Korea via heavily funded propaganda and disclosure of other thaumaturgic and mythological entities. As a Gumiho, she is capable of an energy-intensive shapeshift into humanoid forms, although it can only reliably mimic young adult females due to a lack of mastery. Aside from shapeshifting, however, she is functionally identical to a normal female. Of note, however, is Kitsukumi's artistic and creative ability in terms of comics and depictions, which he then uses to create manga published in secret over the linked net. Her works were initially based in the hidden confessions, notes, and principles of her father regarding World War II and the family's role in the Japanese invasions. Using company technology, she was able to discreetly coordinate with several nationalistic underground movements via the linked net. She was later scouted by Umino to work together online. After Kitsukumi's near arrest, Umino rescued her and eventually integrated her into field duty. Well, what do we think about these two classy individuals who are totally normal SCP agents? Oh, they're totally normal. That's all I have to say. Very normal. One, I think they're very cool. Also, I would like you to know that J Jake referring to uh, a girl with vulpine features as a cat girl has done 8dh psychic damage to me, and I'm still attempting to recover. I'm going to keep referring to her as a cat girl because I thought it was really funny the first time, but you being angry about it is making it even funnier. <laughs> Do you need me well, to roll well, a maybe dice, once, Sergio? Well, 
What what once once Jacob has uh yeah you can yeah roll your eight d eight but once Jake sees my taxonomy HDA panel he will be more than educated that uh the genus Vulpes does not contain cats. <clears throat> mm. Sorry, give me a second. I have to get my d eight. You said eight of them. Yeah, eight d eight. Jeez. Okay. All right. Let's see how much damage the psychic damage did. What's your max HP? Five. Ten. 12. Uh, well, I'm assuming that I'm a level 22 human. Um, and take, taking the average, my HP is uh, 132. 12, 13. Are we talking about different TTRPG systems? 15. I'm assuming my hit dice is 1d10, and I didn't factor in my constitution. Assuming my level, level is the same as my age. Human? 23... Oh. Because DMV right. doesn't go above level 20, right? I know it does, but the Damn, damage. 28 damage. Yeah. Is that enough for the trained assassin to kill you? No, because I just said I have 130 hit points. Damn. How much bullet? How much damage does a bullet do? Do you need me to roll for that, too? Quite a lot. <laughs> well, don't roll for it until I shoot him. We'll do it after okay. this article's over. I don't want to interrupt it that much. All right. Yeah, we gotta, we right, gotta keep rolling, actually. <clears throat> yeah, say your prayers. Alright, so, photograph carried by Kitsukumi, depicting Japanese and American Army observers of the nuclear bombing of Juke, known previously as Chungking, the last seat of the Chinese national government and of the Axis powers on November 1st, 1944. That's a pretty cool picture. Also, anybody who would see the explosion like that would almost absolutely be dead, I would think. No. Okay. I would As a citizen, yeah, I, I, would, I think I would too, probably, honestly. Kitsukumi's behavior indicates a cultural identity crisis, which is important to note for its circumstances in the following sovereign missions and the literary works it creates. It has penned a commentary framed as a letter regarding this issue. The commentary is provided below. Oh my goodness, there's so many collapsibles, Jesus. <laughs> Filed under document type LTR0815. Photograph of me by my grandmother a few days before you took me away and beyond. Well, that's a cute little picture in Japan. The autumn is ever... Oh, wait, no. Sergio should read this, right? The autumn is ever deepening, although I feel some of summer's oppressive heat lingers to this day. Yet the wistfulness among the red leaves reminds me of those days I spent before our voyages together. I would rouse from my sleep at around 6 a.m. and prepare myself with the aid of Kinako, one of our family maids. Then I would report to one of my aunts for work and training. By that point, work consisted of creating illustrations and advertisements for the sake of publishing publicizing our espionage products. Rather ironic now that I think about it. Then occasionally your illustration and story requests come to me via that mechanical crow, and I send the finished comics through it. I really liked those requests about demons pranking people around them, as well as stories about guisson apparitions and grim reapers in wide brim hats. I must have you know, though, that we kitsune... We, Gumiho, don't really have a taste for human liver today. If you try to force it, I myself will feast on your liver, you know? As a daughter of a Zaibatsu, I wouldn't say that my life here is empty. It would be such a privileged view, but I felt that something was really missing. I remembered what my missing father said, which reflected what you said later. This world has chunks of it missing, as if someone made them vanish into the abyss of time and propaganda. Father really taught me a lot in secret, drawing illustrations, vague history that I never completely believed until you arrived, a sense of truth, I guess. While I acted as a prim proper lady, that feeling of sadad 
nostalgia for places that never existed persisted within me due to him. I guess that's what drove me to make those illustrations for our little underground collaborations two years ago. Then a few days later, after I sent several comics and illustrations to you via the underground, we had to escape from the Imperial authorities, me on your back, as we coasted through the busy streets of Heijou. Then we landed near the dilapidated shrine, where you told me about the truth behind the peninsula, its old name of Korea, or Chosan how the Second World War truly ended. I remember one question you asked me. I must say, well, it was fairly cheesy. It still made a mark. Tell me, are you a citizen of Japan or of the peninsula, Korea? Despite all of them, I still feel conflicted about my completely Japanese heritage. Even though I was a bit of a black sheep in our family, and did not feel much about all the ceremonies I had to do. Raised as Japanese, talks like a Japanese, acts like a typical Ojo. I attended all of those parties, meetings, and occasionally even marriage interviews with sons of powerful home island families, apparently to improve our bloodline. This family of mine really pushed and molded me into the state I am now. I feel like I can never encapsulate the ideals of the Korean lady, but I hope you can still trust me enough. As for me, I will try for your sake, the sake of history, the sake of the peninsula, and the sake of doing something in my dreary life. Lastly, I am reminded of a saying my grandmother occasionally told me, uh, shir- Shiranu Gahatoke. It means not knowing is Buddha. With that phrase in mind, I wonder what grandma would say about you and me today. In any case, I hope as we continue our journey, please take of yourself. It's getting very hot nowadays. I fear that you have become very exhausted. Uh, it then closes off with the word kashiko, uh, which is a formal feminine manner of closing a letter in Japanese. Cool. As Yay. one of its key missions for Operation Filibusterismo, the High Castle pair investigated SCP-7000 Hayate, a major Korean mythological entity known as a symbol of justice and law and as a guardian against fires and natural disasters. Recovered cultural data depicts it as a one-horned entity displaying canine and leonine features. SCP-7000 Hayate has gone into hiding since the Imperial Purges of 1960 to 1965 and has only been recently rediscovered and recruited into Operation Filibusterismo. All right, do we have time to... Oh my goodness, we're not going to have time for that, are we? Jesus, this is all going to be one SCP. Yeah, they're very long, Matt. I'm not sure what yeah. to tell you. I'm surprised you didn't look at it beforehand. Hey, come on, man. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to just finish this one out and then do one more? One or two more? Sure. Okay. You definitely need to do the, the big one. Yes. Which right. one's the big one? Uh, the one that results in death, smiley face. That's oh. most of them? Uh, yeah. No, the one that specifically specifies death. Oh. Yeah, that one. Well, um. uh, I guess we'll hop into that one next, so I'll finish this one. Yeah. Yeah, let's go for that. <clears throat> Sovereign Mission 7001. Code Mamayang Gabi Magkakarun Pista. I probably mispronounced the hell out of that, but we'll see. <clears throat> so there's a statue of a stone. I think that's a stone lion. And it's a stylized depiction of SCP-7000 Hayate, Hayate, located in the grounds of its camouflaged abode. Location North, Korea, North Heian Province, Korea. Start log. 8 p.m., a full moon overlooks the northeastern provinces of the peninsula. 
Umino crosses three arched bridges leading to the disguised SCP-7000. Is it Heite or Hayate? I don't think it's Hayate. I think it's Heite. Heite's residence. Umino then commences his search for Kitsukumi. The whole area is littered with wooden tablets containing carvings of SCP-7000 Heite, grouped by 3, 8, and 9. Several dolls resembling it hang on pine trees present within the area. Thaumaturgic Buddhist enchantments casted on the ground in the form of calligraphy link these dolls and tablets. Wine, fruits in three colors, and rice cake are offered at the center of the area. Umino sighs, walking between the rows of pine trees where it finds several hand tools and unfinished carvings. As Umino picks up the scattered tools, Kitsukumi, who is wearing a surgical mask over her fox mask, taps him from behind. Am I beautiful? Give this one to Sean's sexism. I think he would be great. Ah, uh, can you tell me which uh, which collapsible is this in? Uh, it's in number one. Sovereign Mission 7001. Yes, gotcha. you're playing the role of Umino. Role of Umino. You're a sigh, you're beautiful, queen. I am. I'm struggling. I cannot sigh. find the words. You're beautiful. Well, well, this sigh, long yeah, SCPs. you're beautiful. Sigh, you're. You had it. You had it. This is the exact line, right here. I'm like <laughs> trying to use Control F to find it. Oh what my God, Sean! It's the. <laughs> it, it right under the the mangaka and the high castle logs under the letter sovereign yeah. mission seven thousand one. It's above the picture of Damn, the illustration. Sassy Sergio's coming out. It's been a while Sassy since Sassy Sergio's coming letter out. Letter seven thousand one. A photograph. Okay. Yeah, right yeah. under that one. Below that one. Is it within it or like below it? Below after it, it? Oh my below God. it, below it, below it, below it. As one of its key missions oh, for Operation oh. Filibuster Ismo, and then there's a collapsible under that called Sovereign Mission 7001. Oh, I was looking there's at letter 7001. Okay, I'm an idiot. Brilliant. Oh, okay. At least Sean's sexism. <laughs> Sean's sexism. Okay, I'm. <laughs> All right. Look, I'm not very good at reading things. That's okay. Uh, right. I'm playing Umino. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Size. Yeah, you're beautiful. Kitsukumi removes her surgical mask, although her fox mask still completely conceals its face. Am I still beautiful? Hmm, yeah? Kitsukumi then removes her fox mask. Underneath it is another fox mask, this time with a more pronounced grin painted upon it. Ah, uh, you sure like to do pointless things. What's up with you today? Kitsukumi chuckles for several seconds, covering the mouth part of its mask with a flowered handkerchief. Minoru, can't a young lady just have some fun? I imagine myself being watched by people, thinking I went mad as I placed dozens of these wooden carvings in the middle of nowhere. So I decided, why not? Maybe the idea of a crazy fox girl role-playing Miss Slitmouth can give birth to a new random urban legend I can write into something. Plus, you sure did take your sweet time going away so suddenly. <sighs> I wasn't enjoying myself. 
My gut told me that there are threats lurking around, like that Imperial soldier girl who carries around multiple, multiple flags. I feel she has already caught wind of us. Ah, if it's really true that she now knows us, it makes it worse that you left an innocent, pure girl behind in this forest. Take responsibility for that. All right, all right. I will buy you an extra big fried liver in the next city. Anyway, are the preparations done? I finished putting all the dolls and tablets as well as the magic seals in the correct positions. As per the schematics you gave me, I even double checked and triple checked everything, but I soon got too tired. Good grief. You're working a girl day and night without rest. We're in a God's house, you know, get some of your elegant young lady act back together. Let's cast the primary spells now. <laughs> Sexist. <Let me> know <laughs> digs out a buried earthen jar in the center of the area. He then checks its interior for water. There's less salt water than in the past. Lord Haite must be getting really agitated. As Kitsukumi plays a zither, Umino uses his thaumaturgic capabilities to refill the jar. He then buries it again, inscribing the water symbol on the sides of the burial mound. After reciting three incantations, he prepares for the final lines. O oh, great and just protector against fires and calamities, Lord Haite, please grant passage and contact with this lowly group of travelers as we bring your new propositions from the Philippines. The time that we met that the time that we meet again for the peninsular dream has come. Jet streams of water shoot from the ground. By the way, Jacob more than new character. As the area's visibility decreases due to fog. The water coalesces into a small pagoda, which Umino and Kitsukumi enter. Their hume meters report significantly decreasing values as they climb down the pagoda. They then walk forward at the bottom, pressing through a narrow corridor lined with bookshelves and miniature ships, pagodas, and terracotta figures. A bell sounds through the area as a five-meter-tall, leonine-scaled entity lands in front of Umino and Kitsukumi. Its right eye is gouged out, and the horn on its head is cracked and broken. Necrotic dermatitis has begun to set on a few of its scales. It puffs before speaking broken Japanese. You do not seem well, Lord Haite. My jars of blessing will soon dry up along with my vitalities, as per our contract. It is good that you will still bring tidings to my abode, although time has been running out much faster than I have expected. Yes, recently the Japanese Peninsular Authority and the Mainland Commission have been cracking down on us. It has made it relatively hard for me to move. One wonders why you had the time to accommodate a maiden. Maidenless moment, bottom text. Even more so, a high society girl. I'm sure that the Philippines did not have girls like her in mind as part of your education. Kitsukumi tries to retort, but she simply bows her head. She's a companion, aristocratic blood. She makes good stories, like the comments you and the underground movement received a month ago. She's also the one I talked about with you a month or so ago. Ah, the story about the flying pagodas and the role of guardians like me in the palace. The ending was too optimistic, I must say, and the characterization were quite inaccurate. It's entertainment nonetheless for someone living in this rotten home. Ah, I do remember the days at the palace, but they're 
now just forgotten stories. Still, what's your name? Kitsukumi Hoshimi. Just a normal girl now. I'm here to request your favor in further documenting, illustrating the days of old, such as your life. <coughs> Kitsukumi. Ah, Kitsukumi. That's the name of the old fox... That's the name the old fox took up after the war. Heard from the wind, he built up a powerful spy company at the expense of his family's pride and history. And things have come full circle with one of his granddaughters defecting from all the decadence. A cycle of traitors. Say, young lady, is it a bid for familial redemption? Bowing, Kitsukumi remains silent. Please, please bequeath some of your trust onto her. She has, ba- she has basically thrown her life away in dedication to the Philippine missions. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well, never mind the questions, Kitsukumi. Agassi? I'll still humor you, though. You may not trust you enough, and I don't have too many options anyway for storytelling. Can't keep talking and talking to myself about them. Speak. You are, you are the palace gatekeeper spoken of in a few legends, am I correct? Hmm, so the legends still- nice voice crack. So the legends still persist. I thought all the writings about it were burnt a hundred years ago. Ah, too many piles of books and scrolls burnt, with a few repurposed into imperial propaganda. My mind's also fading away after all these decades. Did somebody teach them to you? My father taught them to me, at least some of them. I have also based my illustrations from the stories of the underground movement. To think that a pair of father-daughter black sheep in hearsay would be my legacy's hope. I still remember the last emperor. I definitely still know his highness's temple name, Sojong. Sonjong? Yeah, Sunjong. I recall how his highness played with his often exhausted retainers when he was a child, and how he ultimately assumed imperial rule after his father was deposed. And up to... Well, around 1910s or 1920s, where he lost everything, the, the peninsula. I tried to fiercely resist one, once things went south, but the imperial thaumaturgies in the Japanese army hunted me back north, took, host, took hostage of and firebombed multiple cities and villages to lure me out, destroyed all traces of me, my statues too, especially after the war. The pagodas didn't survive too. The peninsula no longer existed the way I knew it. <clears throat> SCP-7000 Kete scratches its non-functional eye. Kitsukumi remains silent with one hand sketching out few of the scenes detailed by SCP-7000 Kete. Huh. Looks like my story now only exists on paper. You know, once our stories are gone, we guardians will also lose our grip, and even our minds, on the mortal realm. At the very least, the stories your companion draws slow down the erosion. Lord Haite, we can still change our fates in the following days. The Philippines (laughs) is planning a wonderful occasion around November. Let me guess. A revolution of the people? Naive. The Philippines only chooses to act long after the war. The wind says that the peninsula no longer needs that. Its people's loyalty have shifted winds after decades of mind conditioning and cultural erasure. They're Japanese now, right? Heir of the Miru and the Amugi. Answer me. 
For the past decade, the Philippines has bankrolled a massive social media propaganda campaign on the linked net, calling for a return to the golden ages of the mythological, for them anyway, Korean peninsula. The comics you have seen are part of that. With the economic recession underway, people are angry, Lord Haite, and they are willing to believe. Taking Kitsume... Kitsume... Kitsuki... Taking Kitsukumi... Taking Kitsukumi away also lends credence to the rumors about the old corporate families slowly fleeing due to danger. Good God! <laughs> you got it. It's okay. Have a little bit of a white best. person moment there. Yeah. All right. White white male reads Korean name, crumbles under the dust. You can eat my white male ass. Keep going. Yeah, this, is a, this is definitely a lengthy one. You Why did we start with this white one? White male ass. Huh. So they only cling to caricatures of their heritage once they fear their stomachs will go hungry. Still, I wonder if this is the only way left to regain my friends' lives and my culture, albeit in a bastardized form. Seems like a loser's way of doing things. To think I was called a protector. I still believe that you serve as an honorable protector of the peninsula. The villages around your abode are relatively pristine and peaceful, while you continue to preserve multiple legacies of the peninsula. Please, at least have a little faith in your people. Ah, this girl speaks her mind just like that. Umino, that plan of yours of the Philippines, I bet that it concerns sacrifice, no? And a lot of luck, perhaps. I doubt that the Philippines is betting on high chances of success. Lord Haite, it's a gambit that we are planning against the Japanese Empire. The success of the whole project is dependent on what Tokyo does. Oh, and tell me, are your cute little comics supposed to prod the Empire? The sleeping giant? That depends on how you want to interpret it, Lord Haite. We are in a narrow window of opportunity, after all, and we do much more than just comics. Please, peruse these documents for the information needed. Despite going against the Empire, the Philippines sure has taken a few lessons from its old war ally. Anyway, I will think about it. I will share my blessings and power once the time is right. In any case, the Philippines wishes for you to remember its promise. Once you see the lamp explode in the night skies of the peninsula, we can assure you that sure that you, your friends, and your beloved culture can rise again. Please cooperate with us at the designated meeting points. If the whole thing fails... Then at least you dealt a final... Oh, good God. <laughs> Any clue what that's supposed to sound like? Kyo... I'm not planning to butcher it. Geo? Ke- Kyo Geo. Okay. Kyojo, it's, I would it's, it's meant to be Kyojo. Kyojo. Oh, okay. Then at least you dealt a final Kyojo to a weakened empire. The Philippines will also probably keep peninsular artifacts far longer <laughs> than a future second round. Hmm, I see. So the Philippines is aiming for a win-win situation. For us. Please, not wait. Yeah, no. Wrong. Please trust us. I promise you on my honor as the lady of the Kitsukumi Zaibatsu. All right. Heir of the Miru and the Amugi, I believe that you have one last thing to say. Yes, one of the pieces of the broken orb of the dragons, which you hold. It is in my understanding that I am the one to bring it to the meeting point, no? Your plan, you plan to only combine all the pieces for the grand finale, right? Correct, Lord Haite. 
It is safer in the hands of the, protect- of the protector until the time comes. In any case, we're going further north now. We're going to need updates about the magic we need. You know how, despite how much we read the word "comes," I always, I always look at it and think it looks wrong, just because of the nature of our podcast. Hey, we have a rule on this podcast, and it's no coming on the podcast. Wait, that's a rule? Yes, it's a rule. Oh yeah, my god, you've been on the show for four times, Sean. Stop ejaculating. Yeah, I think, you, we, need, you I think signed, we need to get a new... Uh, the contract that said you won't come. Yeah, no coming on the podcast. Should have read the fine print. Can they sue me for that? Yes, yeah, we absolutely In fact, can. we have our own SEAL team that is currently aiming down at you. Yeah, Mr. Beast's SEAL team is coming to your house now. <laughs> what? But I'm Mr. Beast. Now I'm Mr. Beast. What? We're the, we're the Mr.'s Beast. Yeah, we're, mis- we're the Mr. Beast. I can feel my identity leaving me. I brought 400 people into the middle of a volcano on a life raft, and the last one to survive imminent immolation gets $1 million. No, my intros! Well, damn. Looks like I'm Sean Saxon again. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm also still Sean Saxon. Sorry. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. You can be Jake from So You Think You Can Fan In. Oh, I like Why Jake from So You Think You Can Fan In. Wait, no, I don't want to be on that show. That's they have like yeah, five listeners. That. Yeah. And to be fair, <laughs> they also like, double that. We also haven't like published like a, a, an SCP that stayed up. Yeah, kind of embarrassing. It was a tiny bit. We're can working we on the it. Log? Yes, we can finish uh, the yeah, log. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> Um, bah, 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 bah. hmm. Don't tell me you're going to contact that bastard goblin of a woman. Oh well, she probably contrib- contributed more to this operation than me. Sean Female goblin? Won't she be a really like green and alien? No, no, she's a dokabai. That is, she's a nature spirit. That's somewhat. Oh my god. Apologies. No, she's a dokabai. That is, she's a nature spirit that somewhat does resemble a goblin or an ogre in a few places, but she's much more reasonable. I just hope she wouldn't screw around with a relatively new recruit like you. Anyway, she has the resources and connections to Philippines' needs if it ever wants the comic convention to ever get off the ground. Yo, is this how anime conventions happen? We just summon a bunch of guardians and... and So I'm not sure you guys saw my my message. There are... This Eight is super long. Those. Y- yeah, and I, I suggested we just read the rest of the article and then just read the last collapsible to finish it off. Yeah. Or, let me, let me... or hear I me actually, out. That's a long collapsible. If, you, if, you, if you're listening and you want to read the rest of this article, we recommend it, but we're going to move on to another one. I think that's it the is, best idea. Yeah. It is very is like long a good, and uh, very detailed, but it is also a very, very nice uh, well, SCP to check out. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with yeah. Sergio's idea, though. There's only, like, four more paragraphs of the actual SCP. Everything else is letters. Oh, I mean, the letters are pretty important to it, though, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, think no, it makes more sense. I feel like Skippin' would be smart. It. I think we should read Dr. Sumerian, since he almost died writing it. And it's fairly short. Oh, I was talking about... I was thinking that we would do the, the controversial ones, since, we, you know, we're the controversial podcast of the fanfiction community. Oh, I really want to read both of those. Oh, you meant League oh. of Legends? I really yeah, want to death. Uh, yeah, we I'm can read League of Legends, League of Legends I guess. one. I'm fine with reading the League of Legends one. If we have time for both, those would be my two choices. We should have time uh, for both. 
yeah, the, the, the tree one's very short, so. Great. Yeah, the tree one is, Ju- judging from yeah, a picture the of, of Sumerian's uh, fallen house, um, I think God was punishing him for eating Little Caesar's pizza. Um, Probably. As you, as you know, Little, Little Caesar's isn't a front to God. All right. So, I'll tell him that. Uh, are we doing League of Legends <laughs> or are we doing please Retreat? Please do. Can we please do League of League Legends? Of League of Legends. Okay. I want to read League of Legends. <clears throat> I want that. Yeah, our guests right. wanted to read it, so I feel like we should have the, right, shush. The, the League right, of Shush. I'm okay. taking you to League of Legends town. Okay. Jeez. Not going to let our guests <laughs> present this one, motherfucker? Oh, read well, it. Sean really wants to, I guess. No, read it. Okay. okay. Can't make me. SCP-7000. <laughs> we can't make you. Containment class, Apollyon. Disruption class five, Amida. Risk class four, danger. Special containment procedures. SCP-7000 is impossible to contain, having been accepted into consensus reality. SCP-7000 is a probabilistic bureaucrata hazard affecting the laws, regulations, or codes of conduct of various institutions and groups. These can include governments, corporations, religious orders, and organized crime syndicates, among other organizations, as well as relationships or friend groups, as well as some form of stated or implied moral code exists within their framework. Affected codes criminalize or disavow individuals who participate in the multiplayer online battle arena video game League of Legends. Punishments or retribution for playing League of Legends often tend towards severe repercussions, including torture or death when possible. The picture is Ryan D'Antonio, the first known League of Legends player to fall victim to SCP-7000. The anomaly does not seem to directly criminalize League of Legends players outright. Rather, players are criminalized due to coincidental and seemingly random interactions between various laws and rules, resulting in League of Legends being outlawed unintentionally. Despite such legal interactions normally being nigh impossible to properly realize, given the precise and technical nature of the law, all individuals perceiving a case where SCP-7000 may apply are fully aware of the illegality of the act, regardless of their prior legal experience. Affected individuals also seem to perceive the playing of League of Legends to be immoral, though it is unknown whether this is the result of SCP-7000 directly affecting their minds, or if it is a wide-held natural opinion i think it will be a widely held natural opinion but that's just me so sean have you ever played league of legends death kill no i have not kill why what what do you mean why why have you not played league of legends what reason would i have to ever play league of legends you hate yourself and you love torture i do not hate myself i do love torture but not on myself (laughs) wait hold on wait but I'm sorry, dude. Um, How do you think I trained all of those assassins? Oh, I think you mean how did I? How do you think I trained all the assassins? Because now I'm a shit. <laughs> well, now you love torture. <laughs> yeah, you love torture, and you haven't played League of Legends. So why haven't yeah. you played League of Legends? Yeah, Jake. So why haven't you played League of Legends? Mr. Beast you, did play League of Legends. Tor- he did a tournament against Ninja. If you knew the oh, lore. Yeah. 
Tyler well, Lockett, so, so Jake, why have you hired a bunch of uh, mercenaries um, to aim weapons at us to make sure? Please refer me by my name, Jimmy Beast. Sorry, Jimmy Beast. Why do you have a bunch of trained assassins aiming weapons at us in case we say a slur and or play Ram Ranch? Or mention Ram Ranch, video. which you have just done. Yeah, so. that's not what that's the that's a part of the rule. But you're yeah. wait, you're not Mr. Beast either. You're gonna you're gonna get down with us. Now you're both dead. Damn. All right. Well, I'll see you guys later. I'm dead. Sergio yeah, said I, he was gonna say the N word, which means he's also dead. Which I guess means Matt wins the million dollars from Mr. Yeah, Bean. I'm so proud of you, Everybody, Matt. Congratulations, Matt. I'm so proud of you, Matt. You guys want to read an really... SCP article? Yeah, you can no. just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. Start reading, Matt. Addendum 7000.1. The first documented instance of SCP-7000's application occurred on January 24th, 2010 in a text conversation between Ryan D'Antonio and Jesse Parks. Alright, uh, Jacob's reading the left one because it feels a lot like him, and Michael is reading the blue text because it feels a lot like okay. him. Figured you'd appreciate this. POV, you are Calamity Dev Fabsoul. I am going to kill you. This the is picture. amazing, Wall. Are you serious? <laughs> Go ahead and describe the picture. Uh, the, oh, picture the picture is, I, is a person I don't know with a mustache and glasses. I'm going to assume it's either Calibold or Scherf's face. That's me. Uh, okay. That's not right. you. It's not me. you. You can't gaslight me. I've seen your fan cams. You can't lie to me. <laughs> yeah, I made those fan cams. About those. What? What? No, you didn't. When are we going to get a Jake from So You Think You Can Fan and Fan Cam? I'm ready. I don't want that. Oh, my fan cam guy to make it. All right. <laughs> Anyways, cont- let's see. Oh, what? Again? We literally talked about this multiple times, but you still feel the need to somehow squeeze it into every conversation we had. WTF are you talking about? Stop playing dumb with me. You keep thinking it's okay and it's not that bad, but we know, we both know how people like that turn out. I legit thought you were going to change. J- Jesse. What the fuck are you talking about? It's no use trying to keep you clean. That game has ruined you, Ryan. You're disgusting. What the fuck? Is this some sort of joke? Jesse! You have been blocked by this number. It is believed that Park's prior League of Legends addiction combined with the use of the slang term LOL, an abbreviation for League of Legends, was the root cause of the above incident. Addendum 7000.2. On June 29th, 2018, Riot Games, the developer and publisher of League of Legends, introduced new workplace guidelines which accidentally forbade the playing of mentioning or mentioning of League of Legends by any of its employees. This resulted in mass confusion followed by the rapid downsizing of Riot Games before the guidelines were retracted in order to maintain profits. Notably, this incident marks the first instance where the simple mention of League of Legends is affected by SCP-7000. Addendum 3. The first documented instance of SCP-7000's legal application was on November 18th, 2010, during the trial of Stanley Peterson in Cleveland, Ohio. Below is a log of the relevant events. Location is in an unspecified county courtroom. Murmuring from the gallery is heard as the court judge, Sean Saxon, enters the room behind the bench. 
the judge takes a seat and pounds the gavel. I think Sean Saxon should be the defendant, but you can uh, you, you can go how you want it to do. Yeah, do what you want. Uh, I'm cool with either. I'll do the judge. Since uh, I was I was already preparing for this line. <clears throat> Court is now in session for the trial of Stanley Peterson. The is the prosecution ready? Oh, sorry. Yes, Your Honor. Okay, hold on one moment. My dad has just come into my into the room. Uh, from he's just come back from vacation and given me. Uh, I guess this would uh, this requires a picture. Hold on. Oh, I'm ready. oh man, we're gonna we're gonna live picture. I can't wait to make a fan cam. Hope you all uh, enjoy audio listeners. I'll let one of them describe it to you because it's funnier that way. Everyone, please replies to the tweet with uh, "Hi, Sean Saxon's dad." <laughs> the tweet that the, that will that will definitely be made about this. Yes, May I, may I put this in the uh, when you tweet out the episode. Put this picture in it. Where are you? Yeah, every, everyone just say everyone just say hi to Mr. Saxon. Mr. Saxon. Here it is. I'll also, give you a side view so you can understand the majesty of this creation. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> just walked wordlessly gave this to me. That's crazy. Whoa. Oh my gosh. You're- oh my god, we need to have a conversation <laughs> about your about your about your fingernails. What the hell? What well, my fingernails aren't that bad. I was I'm gonna cut them soon. <laughs> okay, okay. Hold on. Oh no, it's god. not that bad. Oh my thumb? Well I recently bruised it. We need to censor that out when we post that. What the hell? Oh Jesus! It does look really bad in that picture. Longer fingernails than that. Do you want me to send them to you? No, 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 it's my thumb. My thumb looks. My thumb looks nasty. Give me like two (laughs) seconds. I'll be right back. Give me two seconds. I'm opening up my Photoshop recently. Opening up Photoshop. I hit it. I think I hit it with uh, a tool of some sort while trying to do something. No, I was trying to peel bark off of a piece of wood, and it was really annoying. And then I hit it with a hammer. Why were you trying to peel bark off a piece of wood? And why did you hit it with a hammer? So I did not hit the I did not hit the wood with a hammer. I was trying to pull a staple out of the wood because there were staples in this wood. Um, oh. I was trying to peel bark off of it because when you put wood without bark in a fire, it doesn't create smoke. Oh. So yeah, pro tip for you right there. Were you a Boy Scout? Yeah. Were you an Eagle Scout? I am an Eagle Scout. That's crazy. Did you? I was a Tiger Cub, and that was it. Ha, huh, loser. Beta. I would stay, yeah, no. I would, I would stay long enough to go to the camping trips and then and then not not continue. Fair, honestly. I just wanted to camp. I didn't want to do any of the other shit. I hated people. Camping is fun. Are we gonna read article? I or we so. can keep talking about my thumb. I don't mind no, talking about my body and its majesty. Read the, the article. It? I'm not the person reading it. Wait, wait. You should put it in the thumbnail. Uh, uh, this way, man. This way gets it. I knew we were gonna become friends. In the thumbnail. <laughs> this is important. It's also, also, it's literally your line, Sean. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I will have to said it. Oh, I, well, I was waiting for the, uh, the narrator to say the gallery falls silent. You already read that. We already read the part. Went ahead and said, "Is the prosecution <laughs> ready?" This is insanity. What? You read, you read, is the prosecution ready? And I said, yes, you're on. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Can we start over? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Can we re-record the episode just from the beginning? (laughs) Yeah, good idea. But I'm like 30 minutes. (laughs) Okay, I'm actually reading now. 
Okay. Is the defense ready? Michael. Michael's the defense. Okay. Yes, Your Honor. Irrelevant logs removed. Very well. The prosecution may call its first witness. Thank you, Your Honor. The prosecution calls Mr. Russell Beckett to the stand. The man rises from the gallery. He slowly makes his way over to the witness stand before turning to face the court. Please state your name for the court. My name is Russell Beckett. I work as an associate planner at the City Hall. Mr. Beckett, as you are aware, the alleged incident involving the defendant, Mr. Peterson, occurred on July 8th at approximately 6.42 p.m. Will you please state what you were doing at the time? Russell physically hesitates before responding. Uh, well, you see, uh, exactly how relevant is this question to the case? Mr. Beckett, I understand that your privacy is important to you. However, I would like you to understand that this question is critical to advancing this trial. You do not have to answer if you do not wish to, but please keep this in mind. Russell sighs and collects himself before speaking again. Very well. Russell pauses for a brief moment and clears his throat. Your Honor, League of Legends... Members in the gallery begin to pick up again before quickly escalating into frantic shouting and panic, coupled with various members of the gallery beginning to show hostility towards the witness. Within the commotion, the sound of a gavel clash can be heard. Death. The doors to the courtroom suddenly swing open, and multiple court bailiffs are seen sprinting into the room, backed up by heavily armored guards. The bailiffs and guards grab hold of Russell, who begins to resist, but is eventually overpowered. Russell is dragged out of the courtroom by the bailiffs and guards, as he attempts to resist, shouting various obscenities and curses. No! Who do you think you are? You can't do this to me! I have the right to a trial and counsel! Russell turns to the prosecutor. The prosecutor quickly turns his head away, ignoring him. This can't be happening to me. I have a right to League of Legends. Russell's smack his nuts. Until he is completely removed from the courtroom by the bailiffs, at which point his screams become inaudible. Crazy that the part about him slapping the nuts is uh, actually put in the article and written here. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. True. I it can't believe right that. We would never Man lie. literally smacked those nuts. We would. We here at So You Think You Can would never spread misinformation on the internet. Yeah, true. That'd be wrong. Yeah. Russell's conviction was due to an intersection of several local, state, and federal laws, along with social conventions in the area. These included, but were not limited to, recent laws in Cleveland restricting gaming hours and behavior, Ohio's laws regulating hate speech, and the Cleveland populace's abject distaste towards online competitive gaming. Addendum 4. On April 2, 2011, a news report released by the Charlotte News revealed that the Charlotte, North Carolina police force frequently used League of Legends as a method of combat training. The news sparked statewide backlash, prompting Chief Samuel Richard to respond via Twitter. Uh, Whatever the public thinks doesn't matter. My men need this training in order to combat the hoodlums on our streets. Whether you like it or not, this is important to the city. 
31 oh likes, 476 comments, two retweets, and 875 quote tweets. Several days. Oh, this is unrealistic because quote retweets didn't exist in 2011. <laughs> no, they quote retweets are like a recent thing. Twitter huh. expert over here. Like within the last couple of years. Several days of riots ensued at Charlotte PD headquarters, eventually leading to Chief Richard and several other police officers resigning from the force. Despite the fact that Charlotte and North Carolina legal codes demanded that individuals playing League of Legends be punished by execution, none of the officers were prosecuted. Addendum yep, 5. that's realistic. On March 9th, 2013, Ryan D'Antonio, see Addendum 1, following the loss of his residence and belongings, was apprehended and taken into custody of agents at an unknown affiliation due to his prior involvement with League of Legends. Footage taken from a streetlight surveillance camera in Moscow, Idaho, at approximately 11.30 p.m. D'Antonio can be seen at one corner of the intersection, sitting within a large box, holding a cardboard sign. A few people pass him over several minutes before a car parks beside him and four federal agents walk out. One of the men grabs a hold of D'Antonio and throws him out of the box he was sitting in. Several muffled screams can be heard as D'Antonio attempts to fight back before he is subdued by the other men. The four agents restrain and handcuff D'Antonio before lifting him off the ground, carrying him into the vehicle. Muffled shouting and cries can be heard for several seconds afterwards before they drive away. D'Antonio's fate is unknown. Addendum 6. Following a summit by the United Nations, the General Assembly adopted the Convention on League of Legends 2022 following exploration of laws established by prior treaties, including International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination, 1965, Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, 1979, Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, 2006, United Nations Convention on Contracts by the Intervention Carriage of Goods Wholly or Partly by C, 2008. The convention fully recognized the illegality and immorality of the act by playing League of Legends, defining all players as members of a terrorist movement and authorizing all nations to eliminate them by any means necessary. Addendum 7. On May 5th, 2023, with the activation of Project Damarong, the SCP Foundation was able to develop a definitive account of post-mortal life. Agent Bell manifests in the post-mortal plane. Agent Bell's physical body and primary soul complex remain in the mortal plane, allowing him to perceive and explore the afterlife without interacting with or being perceived by its occupants. And he exists in this post-mortal plane in an empty field. He is standing next to a long line of people in grey robes, leading towards a pair of arches. Agent Bell approaches the arches. Between them stands a single person. A dark-skinned, bald man wearing a suit. Several keys are attached to his body and clothes at various locations. The arch on the right accesses a path, which leads towards a futuristic city several miles away. Behind the arch on the left lies an immense pit, the bottom of which is unseen. Individuals approach the man one at a time. He holds a key towards each person, and after a few moments... Let's them pass through the arch on the right. Very rarely, an individual is not allowed to pass through the right arch, as it's instead pulled through the left arch and into the pit by an invisible force. Facial recognition analysis of the individuals pulled into the pit has determined that they are all deceased individuals who owned League of Legends accounts. The wider theological implications of the relationship between the afterlife 
and League of Legends is unknown. Members of the Department of Tactical Theology are currently analyzing religious texts in order to determine what doctrine would result in such post-mortal judgment. Imagine going, man, you just played a really shitty game. It just turns to the other person. Throw him in the pit. This is how I feel after I lose a game of League of Legends. Am I right, fellas? No. No. Yeah. Into the pit with him. Mr. Beast to the pitch. So, I like the article, but I don't understand its connection to the theme of the 7,000 contest. I, I agree with that random. completely. Yeah, there's no connection random, whatsoever. Is what they said. It's funny, though. It's really yeah, funny that it it's not an SCP-7000 entry. Why, why is it random? Yeah. I don't understand why it's random. Like, what makes it random? You know what I mean? The luck is that you were lucky enough to not touch League of Legends, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny, but like, eh, I don't I know. There's I not much that I could be but it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I and I, I think comedy that. is enough that it earns my upvote, and I love really funny yeah. SCPs, but eh, I, I don't know if this is one I'd really remember. Yeah. If it were something I, where I it was like, if it was like people who play League of Legends, like, like due to due to circumstances of like, like manipulation of fate in the universe, they get arrested for like a like a a crime they didn't commit, and they get sentenced to death. Like that would be something, like uh, of relation to the contest. Like just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But like like with it, what it is right now is just kind of like they play League of Legends and they die because it's illegal. Like yeah uh, yeah yeah I. I, I don't know. It's it's something. There's a lot of SCP seven thousand to read. There's there's like a lot of them, and some there's of like them are quite over, long. Over a hundred, I'm pretty sure. Most of them are quite long. I would say. Yeah. I would argue. Yeah, and as somebody who's uh thinking about writing an SCP, and by that I mean I've I've written a little bit. I haven't finished it. It is uh, I'm not sure how I feel because I'm I'm not really a big fan of the long reads. I'm gonna be honest. I think they're Same. neat in a bubble, but like, I feel like at some point it just kind of drags on, and I really just want to get to the part where I like that makes sense, you know? As someone who I don't can't think it's, read, I don't think it's necessarily uh, true of all long things. I think the problem though is if something is very, very, very long, there's a very good chance that they lost the point along the way and just have too much detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I often read SCP articles and just feel like there's so much clutter that could be removed. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like so many little things that like maybe make sense in universe, but you can justify not including. Like yeah, it's nice. always more important to yeah. make a good story than like one that like 100% conforms to the universe, you know? I, I think there's mm-hmm. stuff that need to, there's a lot of stuff in a lot of these just as, as a whole um, that I feel like I'll, I'll, Probably at least 25% of the content in a lot of them, if not more, can be, like, removed and put into, like, a tale. That's, a, that's like, a supplemental read to go alongside it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I highly disagree on the long things. I like the longer articles. Um, especially for something like this. Like, if I see a thousand, I'm expecting something of a decent length. Um because well, this is the big special one, so you got to go all out. Oh right, and do yeah. Special I, with it. I mean, not I necessarily because there's a lot of there's a lot of like thousand articles that aren't long. Like it's like 
SCP, obviously SCP-1000 is the first one, but that SCP-1000 is not long. I mean, not I all of them, are... but that's just kind of what I expect, like, moving forward. Um, yeah, same. Because, like, th- uh... like 3,999, for example, the, 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 the banger um, that, that no one will ever, ever be able to surpass. Um, like, that one. Like, that one's, that one's long, but I think it's good. Um, yeah. But I think as they get longer and longer, it gets to a point where it's like, this is, this is too much. Like, um, Ekronax article is super cool and has some super cool body horror and super cool descriptions and i like the, the story the issue- of it but it's so it's so long it's like four super long pages of sure, just like sure story. i didn't like i i didn't i didn't like listening well, I, I do really like Ekronax Entry, and it is long to listen to, but I feel like it would have been a lot better to me reading it, because I read a lot faster than you guys do. Um, yeah, I think that might be another issue, because, like, my favorite series of SCPs is the, like, 2000-3000 series, because I think the, uh, that whole section of SCPs are, like, really creative and really, like, out there, and they're, like, just, they're, like, starting to do stories, but it's not, like, a huge, like, focus because I think the focus for me, like when I when I go to look up SCP stuff, my focus is like, all right, let's see some weird shit. Like I want to see the weird shit. I don't mind having a story. Don't get me wrong. I really like stories and how they involve themselves into SCPs. I just don't want that to be like the reason that I'm reading these. Like especially because I don't know. I, I don't think they're good like podcast content when I want to do like a bunch of them. But for like on your own, I can definitely see the appeal of going through these because they're they're basically just like short little horror stories. Yeah, well, not even most of them aren't horror, so I don't know if short little horror stories is is a good descriptor. I mean, I I classify oh, SCP oh, as horror, but that's just me. I I don't. I feel like there are a lot of really prominent SCP horror stories, but I feel like a good majority of the posts on the website are not horror. A lot of them are just like interesting things. Like, like I would say. I don't. Know. I think the majority is horror. That's where it all started. Yeah, I, mean, I consider I SCP to be horror started. primarily. Maybe I'm just crazy, but like, I, I would say I'm a of, especially like, if you look at the SCP seven thousand entries, like especially, I feel like a lot of them are not horror. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I think in general it's like got, it's evolved because uh, I mean it would after having seven thousand yeah, it, articles, you know. It's evolved. Like the, I think SCP as a whole has evolved. I don't think it is just a horror franchise. Or franchise, if you want to call it a franchise, property. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's not horror. It started in horror, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it horror just because there are so many, so many good articles I mean, that aren't horror. That I I don't think horror necessarily has horror. to be like the stereotypical scary horror. I think it can also just be like, uh, like sort of what's the word like uncanny i guess think about the oil like, rig like, one that we read a few days ago that one is the definition of just being plain ass uncanny there's nothing really directly scary about it but yeah, the fact oil that, rig one i, I yeah, think uncanny was like living oil valley, rigs that know? are just actual living entities was i there for and there's that like 50 that, that, doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't i was not there for that so maybe i should go check out that episode and the uh, that that that, that was in the episodes. The, the last episode we did with Nikki and Sean, where it was these squids oh. that kind of fed on oil. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't generally, think... Generally, I think that SCP is uncanny, and that's just kind of... I think uncanny you know. is one thing, but I don't think uncanny necessarily means horror. I, I disagree. Mean, I think it's certainly a part of horror. Yeah, it's definitely it, a part of horror used. because, like, because there's always like the small element. Like, yeah, the the oil the oil squids are like weird, but it's but like 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 they're uncanny. They're a little weird. But then you also think of like, oh shit, these things could end the world as we know it if they just ate all of our oil. Or there's 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 a lot of them like that where it's just like. It seems innocuous on the surface, but there's that, like, level of background horror when you realize what this thing, like, what the implications of this could be. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, me. I like, uh, I like horror like that. I think, I think the, at least in the definition of uncanny, is just, like, it's it's meant to be unsettling, which I definitely think would fall under the lines of horror. Where, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's supposed to be increased in tension and fear and whatever. But, I mean, that's just a personal thing. I... I've enjoyed what I've read from SCP. I've, I've always enjoyed what I've read from SCP, but I definitely I definitely think that there's a lot of SCP where you could quote-unquote trim the fat a little bit and make it a little bit more of a leaner beast. Yeah, but I, I think that's fine to an extent just because, like, most SCP authors are amateurs. But I feel like there's also a line where it's like, like, man, this is just, this is just long. I agree. Yeah, I think that there are some pieces that there's like a lot of really long pieces that earn their length and are like good from beginning to end. And like my favorite things on the wiki are are all series, like the Anti Mimetics yeah. Division or the Cool War. But mm-hmm. some articles just it just uh, I feel like some articles just take a little bit too long to tell their story and yeah, could like prove an addendum or two. You know, I I'd say Goldbaker Ryan's is probably my favorite SCP that we've read. Um. Just because I think as a concept, it's incredibly interesting. I don't know if you've read it. Um, I know we read it with Nikki. Don't think I've heard of that one. It's, um, let me get the number. It's 6987. Um, it's it's, a, it's a, a legal document. It's like the legal document for the insurance that the foundation employees get. Interesting. Um, and it's, it's another one that's like four pages. Like, but it's... Not super long, I'd say. I don't know. I, don't know. I think. Uh, I think you know. It 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 depends on how you're reading it and uh, what you're doing with the with the piece. Like you know, maybe the long form sort of SCP is better if we just focus on that for like one episode and just only uh-huh. talk about that one SCP. Whereas like yeah. you know the more bite sized stuff, if we want to talk about a more grand scale thing. We would want to I, do some more of those smaller ones. I can agree with that. I think I think coming from the concept of us being a podcast where we were just like, oh, we all we all we all want to read a couple of things, um, and have fun with it. Um, yeah. especially just because of the way the fact that we're reading it is kind of like. Hey, can we uh, talk about that after the episode is done instead of including this in the episode? Because this feels like completely irrelevant talk. Yeah, we were we were gonna read Sumerians, which is pretty short, but we should start on that right now. SCP seven thousand. Doctor Sumerian almost goes out on a limb. Object class Euclid. Special containment procedures. SCP seven thousand one is not allowed to leave Foundation employment for any reason. 
7000-1 is to be monitored at all times and improbable events should be logged. Additional measures should be taken once there is a better understanding of the core anomaly or anomalies involving SCP-7000. A photograph of the damage sustained the SCP sa- uh, to, the, to the safe house during the SCP-7000-A incident shows a very much destroyed house of an individual in the real world in a real incident, as well as, quite notably, a very heavily sinful Little Caesar's pizza box. Description. SCP-7000 is an unexplained probabilistic phenomenon surrounding Dr. Jeremiah Samarian, hereafter referred to as SCP-7001. This phenomenon causes unusual and unlikely events to occur in any situation where 7000-1's life is in danger. While these unusual probabilistic outcomes do not necessarily result in Dash Wand remaining uninjured, it has uniformly led to his survival in all recorded circumstances. This effect does not extend to any other individual's property surrounding or near to SCP-7000-1. SCP-7000 occurs without need of conscious thought and without any regard for the wishes of 7000-1. Additionally, when 7000-1 deliberately places himself in life-threatening situations, SCP-7000 will still prevent 7000-1's death. Current understanding of this effect indicates that it has been in place since the birth of 7001. It is also believed that some, or all, information regarding 7001's life prior to Foundation employment is fabricated. SCP-7000-1 has not visibly aged during his 10 years in Foundation employ, though given the short time period, this is not a definitive indicator. It has been surmised that the phenomenon that keeps the entity alive during short-term emergencies has also acted over the long term to prevent incomplete or imperfect cell replication. Tissue samples extracted from 7001 are not under the effects of 7000 and appear to replicate and die normally. 7000-A Incident Record The following is a log of the investigation which led to SCP-7000's discovery. On July 21st, 2022, Dr. Samarian was staying at a Foundation safe house in central Alabama. Around 1600 local time, a flash storm generated severe winds, and these winds sheared off a large section of a tree, which then fell into the room that 7001 was working from. Despite the total destruction of the entire area, 7001 suffered no serious harm. As part of the project Dr. Samarian was investigating per his duties as a floating ethics committee liaison, several macroscopic probability detectors had been placed around the safe house to protect against an incursion by agents of the Serpent's Hand following an attack the previous month. These detectors recorded a spike of 16 demoivres. A demoivre is a general measurement of how much a particular incident deviates from standard probabilistic predictions. A higher number indicates a more improbable result. This 16 demoivre event occurred at the time of the event. Given the demoivre scale baseline of 1, this was determined to be significant enough to investigate. This investigation came to three conclusions. 1. The probability event was of a significant nature and protected 7001 from harm. 2. The Serpent's Hand was not active in the area at the time of the event, and it is unlikely that this probability event was causally linked to the attack and on the safe house in June. Dr. Samarian's personal history both before and during his Foundation employment indicates frequent, similar events. Considering this, the Ethics Committee has placed Dr. Samarian on administrative leave until such a time as this and similar events can be fully investigated. A Log of Incidents Similar The following is an incomplete log of events gathered in the last 48 hours involving Dr. Samarian both before and during his employment of the SCP Foundation. Event date, December 8th, 2009, in Maputo, Mozambique. 
with a demoive reading of four. A helicopter Dr. Sumerian was riding in suffered a severe mechanical failure resulting from an impact with a rocket-propelled grenade which did not detonate. The helicopter was able to make a safe landing, and all crew and passengers survived. Then, in March 2010, in Russia, a demoive reading of 12 came from an event during a fact-finding mission in eastern Russia. Dr. Sumerian became involved in a short relationship with a Russian GRU agent. This mission ended after Dr. Sumerian's hospitalization following a bomb explosion and the derailment of the train in which he was riding. He was one of the two survivors of the entire event. Then, in 2012, Erie, Indiana, there was an unknown demoive reading in which Dr. Sumerian was isolated from his team during an investigation into an occult organization that was attempting to summon a trio of deities. He used the gun of one of the fallen agents and eliminated the emergent entities before they had fully formed. Then, in 2014, Mobile, Alabama, a three to six movie, uh, Dr. Moav reading, Demoav reading, was recorded while shopping. Dr. Sumerian was trapped under three silly posturopedic hybrid mattresses for 28 hours. He was freed after the store owner returned on Monday morning. While this has been reported anecdotally by others who learned of it afterwards, it has not yet been independently verified. The next is a demoive reading of eight, in which Dr. Sumerian was involved in a firefight during the transport of a highly dangerous SCP object. He managed to deal with his pursuers, but the vehicle he was riding in was struck by a semi-trailer truck carrying coal. Dr. Sumerian was the only survivor of both the incident and the following accident. The next is a demoive reading of 24, in which Dr. Sumerian was thrown from a plane by chaos insurgency agents while flying approximately two and a half kilometers above sea level. He survived with serious but non-life-threatening injuries after crashing through several tree branches, landing in a trampoline in a backyard, and then bouncing into a pool. A footnote here reads a quote from Dr. Gears. I know we experience unlikely events daily, but this really should have been investigated more thoroughly when it first happened. Finally, a demoive reading of 32 and 16. Dr. Sumerian survived the explosion of a Gotrax hoverboard that Dr. Gerald was attempting to demonstrate the use of. Then, the demoive 16 was as described in the Dash A log initially shown. Finally, an interview log. Dr. Gears has performed a post-incident interview with 7000-1 Dr. Sumerian. The log of that interaction is shown below, dated July 24th, 2022. Begin log. Who wants to be Dr. Gears and who wants to be 7001? I'll just take Gears. Okay. Come on, somebody for 7001. We don't have a lot of time, motherfuckers. Hey, I, I, I'll, I'll do 7001. Okay. Cool. Alright, go. Begin log. Alright. I wanted to talk about the incident at the safe house. Yeah, the roof tried to kill me. What happened? Was it a tree? From the looks of it, a tree split in the next yard over, but then it fell into another tree that split off and crashed into the house. How much damage was there? Catastrophic. Honestly, if the hand already knows about this place, we ought to just put it down as a loss anyway. You are probably right. Are you feeling all right? Shaken up a bit. I mean, I was five feet from certain death. I don't think it fully hit me yet. I can imagine. But this is not the first time something like this has happened, yes? You're talking about the plane thing? That and a few other things. The bombing in Russia comes to mind. You want to know how I got scarred? 
No, I just want to parse in incongruity. Gears, tell me you'd tell me if they were considering a designation for me, right? Do you feel as though you need one? I survived some things that other people didn't. Statistically, that's bound to happen from time to time. It does seem to happen more often than you than other to you than others, though, does it not? We work for the Foundation. We're put into life and death situations regularly. If we didn't survive, we wouldn't be here to ask how we survived. Are you familiar with the Demorve sensors? I am. And? And I think it's more interesting when the character survives. What is more interesting? The story. If your characters died every time something bad happened, there wouldn't be much of a reason to keep reading. Sumerian, I don't understand. That's because I'm not talking to you. 7001 looks directly at the hidden camera recording this interaction. I don't want to die. There, I said it. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's certainly something that's true. I think that's true to a lot of people, and actually, it's such a primal fear that's hard to put into words. Actually, let's break out of the box. It's a bit confining that I'd like. Ugh, I've always known that I don't want to die on some level, but it wasn't until I started writing on the SCP wiki that it came into sharp focus. I first found the wiki in 2012, so 10 years ago next month. I was browsing around TV tropes and kept coming across tropes from the wiki on other pages. Eventually, I clicked through. It wasn't quite as big as the time, but it's still pretty popular. I then tried to write something. It was very bad. Hit on all the cliches. It used a copyrighted image. It was something on some level embarrassing to me, I think. So I left, and then I came back in 2014 and tried again. The wiki's attitude at the time wasn't necessarily always positive to new writers, but I personally Severe to make something that stuck. It wasn't. It also wasn't very good, but it was certainly good enough. Then I bounced around for a while, finding new writers I liked, learning from them, then bouncing off when they disappeared, and on and on and on. Now I'm one of the most sites' most recognizable authors. Right or wrong, it's certainly true. I cre- but what does that have to do with my fear of death? I create in order to be unforgettable, to be undeniable. I want to make worlds and stories that will be told long after I'm gone. My immortality is in my work. My work is how I breathe. I create a character that hates himself and people love him. I create continents and forests and mountains and nations with long story histories that shatter them in a moment. It's all there, and it's all a part of me. So always, for all time, writing is how I know myself. I've always held that the truest purpose to creating everything, to know oneself. I started to find patterns in my writing, too. I write about immortal white guys. What does that say about me? The white guy part is probably negotiable, though it speaks to a certain amount of self-projection. The immortality comes up again and again. It's like I said earlier, I believe it's just that I don't want to die. Then two days ago, the roof really did cave in on me, and I was left sitting amongst the rubble, looking over the heavy wooden rafters that landed edgewise on where my bed used to be. Rain started pouring in, and I had to act to save some stuff. But about two hours, I finally had a moment to reflect. I just kind of sat there and stared off into the middle distance, reflecting on the events of the day, worrying about the future, and certainly, but but also knowing that I'd come mightily close to the one thing I most fear. Then I grabbed the laptop I'd salvaged from the dusk and chaos and opened it up. I sat on the floor of my living room, loaded Discord, and started talking about it. After hours of one of the most horrific things in my life happened to me, my main thought was, I'm going to write this in my 7,000th entry, because why the fuck not? And here we are. I hope you like it, because this just proves what I've known deep down. One, one way or another, I'm going to live forever. Thanks for reading it, and genuinely, good luck to everything else. So you are saying that you are immortal because your author wants you to live on after he dies? 7001 returns his attention to Dr. Gears. I guess. We'll take that into consideration, then. End log. Oh, I love fourth wall breaks. I love them so fucking much. Oh, that was, that was cool. really good. That was yeah, quite good. Yeah, I really like that one. Hey, let's smoothly 
end the episode for once in our lifetimes while we still have time. Uh, yes, I will handle the the shelling. Uh, check out Sean on SCP Authors Anomalous Podcast. Check out his uh, other world show, SCP Foundation Files. You can catch us um, uh, Mondays and Fridays on every podcaster is imaginable. Uh, new episode, new new older episodes show up on the YouTube on Sunday. Sometimes, occasionally, Fridays and Sundays. Uh, I've been Sergio here with Jake, Matt, and Equinox Oodles, along with Sean Saxum. And uh, and when my SCP is finished and on the wiki, uh, we will let you know. And I highly recommend looking at it, leaving a comment if you didn't like it, upvote it, and tell me why you liked it. Uh, that's been So You Think You Can Fanon. We love you. I don't. I don't. I don't. Play us out, Matt. Yeah, 28 U.S. Marines pulling up in black Ford Raptor trucks, helicopters landing.